0: Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have RJ Redden was here today, who comes to work every day because she helps solve one of the biggest problems in marketing and business, a lack of engagement. What's going to bring qualified clients to your doorstep? Maybe if you focus on building your email list, step up that social marketing posting, or go live more often. Three years ago, RJ turned her entire business over to chatbots. Conversational marketing beings, engagement, brings engagement, connection, and qualified clients beating down your door. Entrepreneurs hire RJ to skyrocket their engagement because most feel like they're shooting, they're shouting into a black hole. Boy, I can definitely relate to that or they're a carbon copy of everyone else and they can't get traction online to save their lives. So RJ gives epic engagement experiences that make people click that button, connect with you and convert like crazy. Bottom line, RJ is on a mission to motivate a million people to join the engagement marketing revolution. RJ, welcome and thank you so very much for being here.
1: Jesse, so grateful to be here. Thank you for asking me and I have been looking forward to this interview, my friend.
0: I have to rj I, I was telling you before i am selfishly so excited to because you and i share an affinity of superheroes yes. and i'm hoping we can start there because so rj and i have we've met several months ago and i remember when a mutual friend of ours introduced us they were saying that they introduced rj to someone they said hey just so you know she wears goggles and a cape and when I saw it first, I was all goggles and a cape, and I thought to myself, Well, that's really cool. She must be super into superheroes because she's wearing what I wish I was wearing every day. So RJ, can you start there? Tell us about the goggles and the cape. Why do you come to work with goggles and cape on?
1: Well, uh, I have several answers to this question. Uh <laughs> one answer is occasionally I'll just say, well, why aren't you wearing goggles and a cape? Uh, I won't do that to you, though. Uh, So originally, this came about because I was going to, uh, I was going to go to a conference. Um, Now, two years ago, right about now, I, you know, doing bots, real happy about it, never really left the office, which is, you know, secretly called the bot cave, uh, also known as the second bedroom in our house. Anyway, so doing, you know, didn't really leave very much. Somebody asked me to go to a conference with them, a friend of mine, and I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a tax write off. I'll get out of the office. It'll be great. So I was watching this lady on a live stream. She was the person who was putting the conference on and she's kind of a smart aleck. So, I you know, I like smart alecks. So, I was teasing her in this live stream because her event was superhero themed and I'm like, well then, if your event is superhero themed, uh I'm wearing a cape. And she she reads that out loud and she says, "That's it. You better you better darn well wear a cape, RJ Redden." I'm like, I've been I've been called out. It must happen. So uh, I showed up, uh, cape and goggles, and uh, I just, something happened to me, Jesse. Um, I'm normally a pretty shy human. If you put me in a crowd of people in my normal guise, and not no, capeless, yeah, you put me in a crowd of people. I will stand. I will observe. Uh, I'll maybe talk to a few people, but I'm kind of I'm kind of shy, and I was really afraid to go to this conference because, well, you know, what if I end up not meeting anybody just because I'm too afraid to talk to somebody? This has happened to me several times in my life. What I found out was this: you wear a cape and goggles. People come to talk to you. Mm. Uh, yeah. People coming up to talk to me all the time. There, there were people that were attracted to the cape and goggles. And I kind of, you know, I put on my little alter ego and just played, had fun the whole time, met a wonderful, wonderful group of people. I was asked to come back to Phoenix three weeks later and give another talk. And I didn't wear the goggles and cape. I just walked in the room and somebody who had been there three weeks before said, rj redden you turn around and you go get your out you go get your costume and i did it and i have been wearing this ever since i wear it all day long sometimes i forget and wear it to walk the dog the neighbors don't say a thing by now they're fine with it they know i'm not harmful uh but that's really the story uh, of how that came about it was a dare and then it was wow i'm you know, this is kind of different, a a different way to approach things. I got some great results out of it. And now that's just how they know me. I'm so grateful that I wore a goggles and cape to that conference.
0: (laughs) What superpower did wearing goggles and the goggles and cape give you? Our superpowers. We We know all great superheroes have some sort of unique superpower, super trait that makes it uniquely them. I'm curious, RJ, what was yours? Because it definitely sounds like adorning both put you through some sort of superhero transformation. We all know that, but it's Superman jumping in the booth or, you know, Spider-Man or whomever, there's usually some sort of transformation that superheroes go through.
1: And the transformation for me is if you approach someone wearing a cape and goggles, you already know it's not going to be your normal conversation. What that gives me is the confidence to be able to, you know, stand up and speak on stage, joke with people, uh, you know, be silly with people, make friends, listen, connect with people. That's what it gives me the power to do, the power to drop all of that. Oh, I wonder how I look. Well. I, I, I look funny. I, I look like, you know what I mean? I look like a superhero. I, I make people giggle as I pass. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to worry about how I look, how I sound, because people aren't expecting a normal experience anyway. Just confidence, I would say. I would say absolute confidence to be able to talk to people.
0: That's so awesome because I remember the first time I met you, I thought to myself as you sat there in your cape and goggles, I thought to myself, that is a confident human being right there. <laughs> yeah and that was literally my descriptive word I took away from that it was and it was so much so that I felt and this is over zoom that we're meeting too I almost felt intimidated because I was a whoa confident enough to wear goggles and cape that's cool <laughs>
1: That is amazing. Uh, And you know, I've been to, I I started going to events and conferences like once a month there before COVID hit about a year. And I met a lot of people. I went to this one conference in Atlanta and uh, it was what women want conference in Atlanta. It was a lot of fun. And some ladies walked by me and one of them stopped me and she said, Hey, uh, I just want to thank you for being yourself, for having the confidence to just be yourself and, you know, have your own personality and not, not worry. And I was like, I, the cape helps. Uh, you know, uh, that's about all I said to her, but, uh, I did get stopped several times and just, uh, people were like, man, you've got a lot of, uh, chutzpah, uh, to, Mm -hmm. to be, you know, wearing that around and people really appreciating that. And so, Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it was a real good, uh, I'll tell you 1295, never a better spent 1295 in my whole life than the cape and the goggles.
0: (laughs) Isn't that funny that the traditional business advice we're given growing up is you want to save up and get designer shoes, Louis Vuitton, all those names I can't even pronounce, but really when you get down to it, you heard it here, folks, the must spin for the entrepreneurial wardrobe is not the designer suit not the designer shoes it is not the four five six figure article clothing that you're going to adorn over your body it is the 12.95 cape and goggles combo
1: absolutely and really whatever combo allows you to smile with genuineness uh, to meet people and have a conversation and not be constantly thinking about other things as people are talking. Whatever gives you that confidence, wear it, wear it with pride. If it's a unicorn tail on your forehead, I really don't care. Wear it, my friends, mm. uh, and wear it well.
0: <laughs> I love that. RJ, who's your favorite superhero?
1: Well, uh, we've, we've discussed this one. And uh, for me, it's got to be Black Widow. I love her. Um, And I love her because I I was watching the Avengers movie in 2012. I was sitting with my martial arts people, because at the time I was in martial arts, and we all went to see this thing, you know, because we, you know, we got to watch the the scenes, the fight scenes. And uh, I'm sitting there with all of them and they're all, you know, Thor fans. And, uh, you know, they've, Spider-Man's got his web. Thor's got his hammer. Captain America has his shield. I know that one's your favorite. Uh, They've all got this magnificent weapon, except for Black Widow, who has about, she's got like a handgun going on. You know, there's not more than 13 shots in that thing. And herself, uh, that's all she's got. And, uh, that to me, that to me is just a statement. Uh, that to me was, it's incredibly impressive. Uh, and, uh, that has always stuck in my mind. Uh, mm. plus I really, you know, the whole orphan thing and, you know, the, the whole training and Russia and all that kind of stuff. It, it just fascinates me. I cannot wait until the movie comes out. I cannot wait
0: you know i think one of the things too with black widow that and you just alluded to it too it really makes her such an incredible superhero is that she she's the embodiment of choice right because she was really trained and conditioned for doing the bad stuff being an assassin being a you know quote-unquote bad guy to be what really should have become the arch nemesis or the arch villain and somewhere along the line she she makes a choice to go a different path and she doesn't shy away from saying that throughout the avengers movie she always talks about how she has her ledger is not playing she has red on her ledger whatnot she's on that path of atonement which is part of why she shows up but even even having come from that and having the level of and i think what we'll see more of in the movie is there's a great deal of subconscious programming that goes on there with her, right? Where she's basically programmed from early on to have these belief systems that she has, whatever they are about killing people and why you should do that, and why you should do what you do. And she becomes this byproduct of choice, right? And choice, and I love what she said too, she doesn't have the, the the hammer, the shield. She doesn't have the, the godlike powers of Thor, the super soldier serum of, Of Captain America, she really just has her choice. And then a commitment to deploy the skills that she's acquired. And that's a choice she makes in spite of the subconscious programming that dictate much of her life, which I think is such a beautiful metaphor for so many of us, because many of us we struggle with not putting on the goggles and the cape because of whatever subconscious programming has dictated most of our life. And we will find ourselves at that proverbial crossroads of making our business better, making our relationship better, making our health better, making our overall quality of our life better. We'll find ourselves at that crossroads with the belief that perhaps we can't, not from a lack of want, but solely from the influence of that programming that we, first downloaded early on and then we've gone through and acquired and reinforced over the course of our life. I love that choice of Black Widow. Love that.
1: I love that choice too. And and the second thing that you said, you know, all she's got is her her choice and her commitment. To me, that makes her the most for me accessible of the superheroes because I too can make a choice and a commitment. I too am probably not going to get a super special weapon handed to me, especially in the second bedroom of my home. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, I, you know, but I can have a choice, and I can have a commitment to make make my world better, make my family's world better, make my world better. Uh, I can do that, and everyone has that has that choice, whether they're aware of it or whether that choice is in front of them or not.
0: RJ, I want to talk a little bit about the bots because the work you do now and how you're serving entrepreneurs and others is really the byproduct of a choice, right? It was making a choice to one day take a risk, convert your other bedroom into an office and start this, this, this kind of idea and turn it into the career it is now. Can you talk a little bit about that? So what was that choice you made? Tell us about that journey and and what are the bots for people who don't understand what bots are?
1: Yeah, so a chat bot is, it's really nothing more than a conversation that you're having with maybe a potential client or maybe a client, somebody who's paid you already. It's between that person, that human being and a pre-programmed conversation that you've already thought about all of the ways that this conversation could go, all of the questions somebody could ask. So when c- someone comes to my bot, it's like having a digital ninja assistant who's able to ask qu- or answer questions, provide resources, educate, entertain, and bring people along on a journey on what it's like to get to know me. What it like? What it's like to get to know my business, and of course, you know, I provide that for a lot of people. Um, I'll tell you how I got on this journey. So basically, a chatbot, a conversation with a computer on steroids. Um, and uh, and so then, how I got into this thing. I've been doing other people's marketing uh, for a long time. It was sort of like I was everybody's IT marketing help desk you know in my my community people would come to me with different problems and ask me to help them set up social campaigns or websites or blogs or you know whatever it was and i would teach them how teach them how to do it for themselves so it's sort of a teach them how to fish type of a thing and so because you want to give people a power that can grow not teach them how to do thing do a thing right now that may be outmoded in two months. So that was my journey. It was fulfilling to a point. it was it was all right, but I was really frustrated with the way that most marketing goes and that is this a lot of the digital marketing out there, whether it's a website or a social post or you know any kind of content that's created. You are, you are spending your time creating this awesome, awesome stuff and then shouting as loud as you can on a street corner through, you know, paper play, play to click uh, ads, through uh, social posts, through your website, whatever. People are shouting to be heard and they're not being heard. People are putting all of their effort into, gosh, if I could just shout a little louder into this megaphone and get a few more people to trickle back to me. The, the, the traditional ways of marketing are very one-sided. You know, when's the last somebody replied to one of your emails? Uh, that was you know sent out to a group of people when 's the last time uh, someone actually kind of got a hold of you because of something that you did and was so enamored with it that they wanted to talk to you not super often in most people 's lives so it 's a one way conversation, and most of the time people come into our world through our lead magnet or whatever and they drop right back out of it again for whatever reason. We don't ever know why, and we never see them again.
0: Mm.
1: That's that's okay if you've got an email list of a million people. It's fine uh, because there's just a washout factor. But if you are an entrepreneur, if you have a bootstrapped business, or maybe you've been around a while, a while and you've got some traffic, you – you that that's a problem for most of us that run businesses and so i got into bots on accident one day i was uh there's this client of mine and she had a tendency to jump into new technology and then call me and go oh my god help i have no idea what i've done so she was talking about bots oh jesse it seems as if you may have had this client before um so we're talking, she was talking to me about bots. I'm like, I got to get into this. I got to figure out what it is. And so I popped into a group. In the group, in the, in the side, in the description, it had a start here. I'm a rule follower. I'm going to start there. So I did it. And boom, I was in Messenger. And I was having a conversation with a bot. I knew it was a bot. The bot told me a dumb joke, like a dad joke. It was beautiful. Mm. I laughed because I love dad jokes. And, and then the bot asked me to start making some choices about things that I wanted to find out. And it took me five minutes to have a thunder strike, a lightning strike of a realization was that finally, finally, we had made it to two-way communication. Because I knew that the choices that I was making was telling that person on the other end of the bot something that, you know, I, and I knew that I knew that I was able to make choices in my, in marketing. Like, when are you able to make choices in what people send you? Um, It was amazing. Um, It was, it was stunning to me that I'd never realized before what was so frustrating about traditional marketing. And I just, uh, it took me five minutes to fall in love. Uh, I wrote my first chatbot because another client needed to remain more accountable in the things that she was telling me that she would get done so that I could follow up and get some stuff done. And I, I built my first chatbot. bot, uh, gosh, she put it on, she loved it, she put it on her wall, others put it on their walls, and I had 70 people overnight in, into this accountability bot that I had, re- I had written for one person. Mm. And they were, Jesse, it was the craziest thing. They were being, they, I was asking them questions about their lives and they were giving me thoughtful and honest answers about where they were at, about how they were feeling, about what their goals were. And I was like, I can ask these same questions in a group right now and get crickets. And here I'm getting an honest answer. And I thought about what that deal was. And I thought about why bots were so different. And it really boils down to a couple of things. One of the things it boils down to is respect. When you, when people feel seen, heard, and cared about, you've now reached a different level. Congratulations. You're now engaging with real people and not in a superficial type of way, not in a, oh my gosh, I just got a thousand likes on my Facebook post type of way. That stuff is, I mean, it's nice for the ego. It's a little ego boost, (laughs) you know, won't lie, Mm -hmm. but it means nothing. It means nothing in terms of connection and relationship. If I respect you enough to allow you to make your own choices in our conversation, if I let you lead, if I give you information and choices, then you feel seen, heard, and cared about. And now we've made a connection. Connection, no matter what business you're in, no matter how big your business is in or how long you've been in it, connections the heartbeat of your business. And all of us are hoping to make that next connection with somebody we don't know. We've got to keep that heartbeat going. If we don't make a connection with somebody we don't know, whether it's a like uh, somebody you might want to have as a client or somebody you might want to partner with or whatever, whatever that connection is, it doesn't matter. Unless we make that next connection, we start to go into kind of a flatline situation, situations become desperate, we make desperate choices. And usually we just, we fall right off. And a lot of entrepreneurs burn out. So it seemed like by accident or by my clients needing certain things one day, I stumbled into a way that really helps people relate to each other Mm. and respond and start up a conversation. It is the wildest thing I've ever run into. Took me two weeks to decide that was it, bots forever.
0: That, I don't know if it's, if it, I feel like this is both absolutely fascinating, incredibly inspiring, and almost a little bit sad in that I think it's incredible that you've, that you've identified, like the things that these bots are creating is respect for people. And I think it's, it's, it's almost sad that we have gone to another extreme where we have, we have removed that in so much of our social engagement that that we are now turning to technology to give us the thing that we really want, but it's incredible to hear that technology can do it. Somebody sent me this this post the other day, and they said social media in a nutshell was something like this. And I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote it, but it was essentially like, "Oh, you like lemons? Well, screw you, because I like oranges, and oranges are better than lemons. Your lemons are stupid. <laughs> you know why? Why would you ever like lemons? Lemons are just idiot fruit." You know, and it goes on and on and on like that. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll wake up and you'll finally realize that oranges are better than lemons. And it is. so. And then we wonder we wonder why things like, like mental health is such a challenge for us here. When we are not only in our businesses, but just in our life in general, that's what we're really looking for, right? Is we're looking for a sense of connection, a sense of community, a sense of respect a sense of belonging a feeling like we matter. And I think it's so incredible RJ that you've, you've created these, these tools to help entrepreneurs and business owners create that and then nurture that in a much more faster and efficient way possible than wouldn't be otherwise. So there's something really important there that I think everybody needs to listen to it's that is there's, is there's a platform that's RJ's made that allows you to bridge the gap of doing and giving to your customers one of the number one things they're looking for which is just that sense of respect and connection and doing it at scale too where you could potentially be doing that with 10 50 a thousand people at once and the time it would take you normally to do it with one is that is that about right rj i don't want to misspeak on that it's
1: true it's true if you you know one of the things that i loved about networking meetings, when I used to go to BNI and all that, is the same thing that I hated about networking meetings. It's that you talk to between seven and 10 people you ask and answer the same basic set of questions each time. Each time you kind of categorize that person into a, boy, I want to work with them. Boy, I want to partner with them. And eh, maybe this one needs a little bit more cooking. Uh, or, yeah, this person and I probably don't have a whole lot in common. We've got those three, four categories, right? Your categories and then we go are more kinder mine. <laughs> That's right. So we've got we've got those three categories and then we move on to the next person and out of 10 people that you can meet in about two hours. uh, You've got two, three connections that are like, I'm going to connect with this person and then the rest more than likely are gonna end up as business cards on your desk. And, and sometimes you don't even connect with the two or three because then you get back to your desk and you've been gone for a couple of hours. So there's a lot of things to do. So what I loved about it was that one-on-one, look, you right in the eyeballs communication. What I loved about it was that I could have a good, when, when it was a good match, I could have a great conversation with somebody. Most of the time, though, it wasn't a match. And that's what I hated about it, is that Mm. eight out of 10 times, it's like, okay, you know, um, great to know you right now, maybe something will happen down the line. But at this moment, you know, things are, you know, right for whatever reason. In a bot, I can ask and answer those same seven questions for a 100 people, for a 1000 people at once. My bot then filters out based on some set criteria that I've set. And we'll just make some criteria up so it's easier for people to kind of get in their heads and remember, oh, this person loves red shoes. Uh, This person also loves Captain America and Black, Black Widow. This person is looking for this particular thing right now. This looks like somebody who would connect with me and really really benefit from a valuable connection let's get let's ask her for a phone call and send her a calendar link my bot can do all that on the back side it can help people self qualify in and out Sometimes people don't want to do business with somebody in a cape. I get it. Um, you know, it helps onboard people who are getting that meeting and helps them prepare for that meeting so that what I'm doing instead of going out personally interviewing people, doing all of that, in, which we can't do anyway right now. Um, you know, hello, COVID. Um, <laughs> instead of doing that, instead of chasing people to get them to a half hour meeting with me, I am now sitting down with people for that for our half hour strategy meeting who are already interested. They already like my sense of humor. If they didn't, they'd have been out a long time ago. They already know that they want what I have And now it's just up to us to find a way. What's the most beneficial way for us to go forward together? I don't have to spend 15 minutes calming somebody down and telling them I'm not trying to sell them anything. Uh, I I don't have to do any of that anymore. The bot handles everything that is level one communication. And I get to spend my time helping people whom I know really, really want my help. It's so much more, well, it's efficient. Yeah, we'll give it all those words. But for me, somebody who doesn't want to waste another heartbeat in their lives, um, it's really, really helpful. And it makes me feel like I'm spending my time in a valuable way Mm. that also honors whoever's sitting with me.
0: I love that. I want to shift gears for a moment, RJ, because what I find utterly fascinating about what you do is not just the the business impact but then i think of two you know we've all heard it said right we're more connected than we've ever been but we feel more disconnected than we've ever felt and you know the argument could be made for what people are really looking for is genuine human connection but i would argue that what people are really looking for is not so much genuine human connection in our hubris we think it's this human but what people are really looking for is they're just looking to feel connected They're looking to connect to someone or something, whether that is a furry four legged friend. If it's a cause, it's a social movement, whatever that is, people are looking for some sort of sense of belonging or connection. And I find it completely fascinating that you can not even replicate, but in such an efficient way, stimulate this sense of connection and belonging with people so rapidly in a business sense. And I'm wondering, and you and I were talking beforehand about mental health. And I think I've shared with you before my my primary concern from this whole COVID thing is what the mental health fallout's gonna be from it. I, I think that the, the the dominoes, if you will, have been lined up for a long time for it to be a disastrous fallout. And I'm worried that the the ramifications of it in terms of our mental health we will be experiencing for years and years to come if something's not somehow it's not intervened. And I'm wondering, RJ, I guess a couple of, I'm wondering a couple of things, but I actually I'm wondering a lot, but I'll condense it down to just a couple just to be respectful of your time. Number one, how do you see? mental health, how do you how do you, I guess not how do you see, but how do you how do you relate to and understand mental health for you personally? And then how if if this is even relevant, but how do you, if relevant, see technologies maybe being able to become a vehicle to help serve and better mental health?
1: And so first question, how do I see mental health personally and the taking care of as an entrepreneur, as somebody going through COVID uh, with everyone else right now? How do I see mental health playing a part? And then the second question is, how do I see technology affecting that? Yes. Okay, excellent. So the first question, um, you know, for me, um, a long time ago. And uh, Thich Not Han, he's, a, he's a, a monk out there. Uh, and uh, I really, you know, I'd read a lot about Zen and Buddhism and stuff, but I really fell in love with this guy's work because it was so simple. And, uh, you know, I read a lot of his books. My favorite thing in the world used to be grab a cup of Starbucks in the Barnes and Noble, go to the stacks and grab things at random read parts of the books and then pick out my favorite and take them home and spend too much money. It was my favorite thing to do. And, uh, and so I ran, that's how I ran into this, this guy's books. And he had such a, it was such a simple, but profound, uh, view on what you're taking in. Um, that, you know, if you eat terrible things, I've had my share of that, but if you eat Terrible things, you'll feel terrible, and your energy will be low. But your mind eats too. Hmm. And when I, you know, I've, I've been really cognizant for a long time of the, the hundreds of thousands possibly of messages that we get in any period of time, and most of it's valueless to us. And most of it is just there for someone to stir someone into uh, some kind of an emotional frenzy, where they will then take an action that that person who created the content wants them to to do. And so, of course, I'm you know there's political stuff going on right now that's just it's crazy. Uh, all of that stuff. Um, for me, for my own mental health, about four years ago, I made a decision that reading anything but uh the ap and the reuters uh you know like the the people who you know like those pieces of those articles uh which are to me the most neutral that i can get a hold of and i may be wrong there may be a more neutral source but reading neutral news is okay But anything else, I completely avoid. Television, I don't, I mean, I tweet, but I'm really just tweeting when my new podcast is out, people. Uh, You know, and cute pictures of dogs. I, I am not, you know, I do not participate in most of the discourse that goes on for my own mental health. Because when I focus on it, it just, my, I have a really creative imagination and it takes me right over the wall. Mm. Um, so one of the ways that I see my own health, mental health is something to protect. It's like soccer and a goalie. What am I going to let in? Um, because what I let in becomes a part of me. And if I let ugly in, and if I, if I grab onto annoying, if I slip into frustrating, that stuff when i take it in it really starts to cloud emotions cloud decisions you know i mean it it really uh it has a terrible effect on me and i realized it uh realized it some years ago and i really really i keep on the narrow side of you know i keep i you know i keep a finger on what's happening through those two sources i ignore the rest because it's all kind of just repeated anyway uh, and I, that's how I, that's how I live my life for better or for worse. Hmm. It has helped me focus. It's helped me focus on my business, who I'm helping. It's helping me felt it, you know, it helps me focus on my interpretation of things, not the guy in the third row, uh, respectfully, if you're sitting in a third yeah. row right now, but, uh, it does, I don't have to listen to, to all of the voices, um and so yeah I definitely view my mental health as I'm going to absolutely protect it. I'm going to be careful what comes into this brain because I I have to live with it. You don't get to you don't get to leave your brain somewhere for an afternoon. If you do, you got bigger problems than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the second question, how do I view technology as having a part in all of this? So technology, my life is built on it, basically because, not because I program, but because I can see the logic system that things are built on. Mm. Everything has an internal system. This is Ranger. Welcome, Ranger. Hi, buddy.
0: Hi, Ranger. Um,
1: He's got a bed on my desk uh, because that's just how close I need to be close to my dog, I guess. But anyway, uh, so technology, I've built my life on it because I can see the logic systems that things are built on. And I I can see if we move this piece here and this piece here, we get to skip these six steps on the end. Isn't that cool? I've been obsessed with it since I was a child. So one would think that I would think that technology is the greatest thing ever. Um, it's absolutely not. Because it's, a, it's nothing more than a power tool. Um, it is nothing more than a vehicle for getting information more quickly um, and, and being able to spread more information more quickly. So technology is neither good or bad. It's really about how you use that technology Um, there are ways to use technology for incredible good on the earth. And there are ways that are exactly the opposite. It can spread a lot of evil on Mm -hmm. the earth. And so, you know, it's up to me to develop filters. I had a fascinating conversation once on an overnight train uh, from Paris uh, to Rome, I think it was, Uh, it was an overnight train we were uh i was in there with this uh this lady who had this was probably 2011. i was visiting i was an exchange student over there and uh, i had met this lady and i started talking about you know i visited concentration camps when i was over there um just that stuff has always fascinated me so i had visited i think it was dachau that day and or not that day I forget the cities we were going from into. Anyway, that part of the story doesn't matter. I visited somewhere that day, and I think I was going back somewhere else. And, and there's this German lady with me. And we started kind of talking about that. And she said that by, by I think it's the, the second or third grade, German children are required to visit these places and learn mm. about their history And the other thing that they're required to do, and this is the fascinating part, is they're required to learn about propaganda. Mm. They're required to learn how to sift good information from bad information. They're required to learn about what are the signs that somebody's trying to emotionally manipulate you into taking an action right now. And that, my friend, uh, I just, that is an education that we all desperately need. Not just the kids. We all need it because if we could, if we could, our lives would be so much less stressful. We could take actions that we really knew mattered so much less frustration and so much less of a fight with someone who just has a different opinion. So uh, to me, Uh, To me, it can be used for incredible good. And and certainly that's what I'm trying to do um, and trying to help people with it. But it also can be used for incredibly bad stuff. And and it's up to me to filter out what I'm going to let in and filter out what belongs on the outside of the circle.
0: RJ, this is absolutely fascinating. Before I ask my final question, where can people find you online?
1: oh my friends uh you can find me enter the bot dojo it's uh thebotdojo.com and in there you can ask me questions get a hold of me watch a ton of videos that i've created just for you listen to my podcast um get freebies you can binge me like a season of stranger things Uh and uh feel free to do so. Join the bot dojo. I will give you a personal welcome if you do. Uh because uh, you know, that's the place. That's the place where I want to talk to people. I wanna have I wanna get great connections and great conversations because it's so much better. Uh it's so much better of a life for me. It's a life well spent when I can do those things. So come visit me at the botdojo.com. I would love to talk to you and uh and we'll we'll connect soon.
0: Full disclosure, I wasn't fully sold on Stranger Things season one, I was kind of, eh, season two, I was like, oh, this is a lot better. Season three was my favorite, and when Dusty Bear and Susie Poo did the Never Ending Story, I was fully embraced that as one of my top five favorite moments in entertainment for the year, so <laughs> I, I... I yeah i loved it rj we only have a few seconds left and i want to ask you this as a final question i think one of my and i may have shared this with you before but i think one of the best superhero quotes ever was with great power comes great responsibility uncle ben passing that on to spider-man you have i think an incredible superpower in that not only just what happens when you put your cape on and it gives you the confidence but in this ability in the bot world to help facilitating that sense of connection. And I think it gives you an incredible superpower to help people really skyrocket their engagement, grow their businesses exponentially. What do you feel with that great power? What do you feel is your great responsibility within that?
1: My great responsibility uh, is to, well, one, know that ever since I was a kid, people trust me with stuff. Hmm. I, I would be a kid in a park and adults would walk up to me and tell me stuff, uh, you know, like, uh, about what the, should I do this or should I do this? I'm like, I'm 12. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, and, and it, gosh, it, it happens, it happens, uh, everywhere I go. Um, and, um, I really, and I love that um, but I also have a, a responsibility, and I've got—I've got, you know—a couple. I've got a responsibility to myself to not exhaust myself. That has been problematic in the past for me. Uh, I have a—the res- responsibility is, is take care of the engine, and the engine will take care of you. Uh, lately, we we're talking before the program a little bit. Lately, I have really been able to, through kind of getting rid of some un- subconscious blockages, get, get rid of some things and, and really come into a belief that, that I'm an awesome person uh, that, and not, not to the detriment of any other human being. Uh, we both can be awesome. Trust me. And we both are, I mean, Jesse, please. Uh, but, uh, the, it's not, it's not me be believing that I'm, I'm good to everybody else's bad. It's believing that, you know what, we, we all have incredible capability to be awesome. And, and that, though, that's what I choose to believe about myself. Yeah. Ever since that, ever since that moving of that unconscious belief, so many things have happened. They're little, but they're huge. Keeping the dishes clear off the counter, making sure I drink enough water every day, uh, exercising a little bit, but a little bit is better than nothing, baby. So, uh, you know, those types of things. So I have one responsibility to keep my engine running. Um, and my responsibility, I think out there in the world is to engage people in a little bit of a movement, uh, an engagement marketing revolution. that's what I that's what I talk about all the time. Let's get into a way to market to people that is not only way, way more effective and connective, but in a way that respects people's choices and helps them be seen, heard, and cared about because. My friends, what does the world need right now more than anything? Perhaps, perhaps with the exception of a vaccine, people need to feel seen, heard, and cared about and respected. So that's my that's my responsibility. What comes with that? Time will tell. Um, but that is the path that I'm going to walk every single day that I can walk, uh, as long as I have a heartbeat, cape and goggles on. That's that's my commitment.
0: Everyone, wasn't this an incredibly fascinating conversation? One that you're gonna probably wanna give a second listen to. What started off as, looked like it was gonna be a discussion about chat box and technology. What it really evolved into is a conversation about connection and being and, and becoming aware of more of our humanness and what really matters most to us. RJ shared an incredible journey of why she wears a cape and goggles and how it helped her unlock the superpower of confidence it allowed her to be more playful more fun gosh wouldn't that be something to consider for all of ourselves we've all found ourselves in those moments where we may not feel comfortable we may not feel like this we may not feel like we're enough we belong that we belong in the room that we matter we may feel a little bit like imposters what if you just give yourself permission to be you to be that expression of yourself to express your silliness to express your inner superhero i love that she said too you know there's a thing that when you're wearing the cape and goggles, you don't have to worry about talking to people because they come and talk to you. There's something to be said about that. you know. The metaphor of there's a reason why superheroes disappear and they're all kind of shy, mild-mannered people until they step away. And then all of a sudden when they don't their cape, they become something else. We all have that superhero alter ego inside of us that can unlock super, certain superpowers that we may have lying dormant right now superpowers that can help us scale and grow our businesses level up and elevate our relationships the connection piece my goodness wasn't that fascinating In hundreds of surveys hundreds of conversations with folks entrepreneurs business people what's come down over and over again is what the magic of the chat box is is it creates and facilitates respect and connection hmm. business owners out there are you listening the thing people are looking for is respect and connection if you want people to buy your service, utilize your products, start figuring out ways to demonstrate respect and connection to them. I find it utterly fascinating right now where you're seeing all the airlines in the midst of this COVID crisis. They're canceling, canceling, getting rid of change fees, fees that we never used to have before, but now ballooned up to where it'd be a several hundred dollars bid to change or flight. And now giving up as a way to try to win customers back. It makes you wonder that had we felt respected and cared for all along, not trying to be nickel dined and extorted out of it, would the crisis be quite as bad as it was? Would we be wondering if we really have a loyalty? I, I love traveling on certain airlines with perks, but do I feel myself a loyal customer in one airline? Not at all, it's merely convenience because I like so many of us probably feel that that loyalty from them doesn't extend very far beyond the dollars I spend on their service. But wouldn't it be awesome as if we are business owners who actively seek out ways to connect and engage with our people, to show them that we respect and care about them, not just as a customer, but as a human being? Hmm, powerful takeaway there. With great power comes great responsibility. When we're looking at mental health, mental well-being, and the idea that we have this responsibility to take care of self, I love that she started with that. Taking care of ourselves, we have to take care of ourselves so we don't burn out. How are we to serve others if we're not first serving ourselves? How are we able to take care of others if we are not first taking care of ourselves? What an incredible conversation this was today, RJ. I encourage all of you, whether you are looking to explore chatbots in your business or just more connection throughout your life, dive into what RJ has to offer. There is something magical and let's be real. If you could choose to learn from anyone, wouldn't you rather learn from the person who has the cape and goggles on? I don't know about all of you, but I'm gonna go with the superhero every time. RJ, thank you so very much for being here. This is an incredible conversation. I certainly appreciate you. You are absolutely awesome.
1: Thank you, Jesse. This has been such a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking to you, uh, but but today was today was something special and thanks for making this special for me.
0: Absolutely. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to